passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus and a good victory Monday to one and all in Patriots Nation. It's been a while since we got the family together for an oh yeah and belated as it may be, dare I say, Mr. Hart, it feels as though there's a bit of a, a renewed purpose. Even though your New England Patriots have now officially been eliminated from the postseason, the playoffs, there will be none this season so don't bother checking your stocking or under the tree santa cannot deliver a miracle this year it does feel as though there's been a bit of an emotional sea change in patriots nation or maybe that's just me because the patriots actually scored the other night they scored multiple touchdowns and won a football game and after the football i watched this weekend i'm kind of thinking the patriots may make the last couple of weeks reasonably entertaining to watch but is that a good thing that's what we are here to discuss on the latest episode of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Don't forget to sign up. FanDuel.com slash Six Rings. Once again, if you had used my hashtag, not just our promo to sign up, but the hashtag Fade Fitzy, 
you would have went two and zero because last week I said Pittsburgh on the money line and both first drives would end in a punt. They didn't. The Patriots actually scored a touchdown and Pittsburgh scored a field goal. So again, I keep trying to help you people make free money. Why won't you just take my free money? Anyway, Andy, you were a little under the weather and um, had been fe- you you'd been feeling like the Patriots had been playing. We'll put it. We'll leave it at that. And yeah. uh, you're on the. You're on the bounce back. You're on the come up. You're feeling a little bit betterish, betterish, better adjacent, reasonably okay, sort of. Um, since we didn't have a chance to connect with you on the Six Rings post game show or on the radio over the weekend, let's get a chance to uh, hear your overall thoughts on what was a stunning Patriots victory, or really was it at Acrisure Field at Three Rivers, which is also the big ketchup bottle in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm not sure it was a stunning win. Um, it felt stunning because I think we had been relegated to such piss poor play at the quarterback mm-hmm. position. No mm-hmm. fun, no fun, sir, were the Patriots of late. And just the fact that for the first 30 minutes of football anyway, and by the way, that's how starved we are. I, I feel like the Patriots kind of played half a good game and everybody's excited. Um, but you had plays. You had, you know. Oh my God, the ball's traveling through the air more than 30 yards and our guys catching it and we're making touchdowns and, you know, not just lamenting field goals, whatever it, it just had a different feel. And I give Bailey Zappi credit for that. Um, you know, my thing, we beat the dead horse, energy, effort, and attitude. I thought Bailey Zappi brought a great energy, effort, and attitude to his performance. I still think he's limited physically and whatever, Mm -hmm. but now the cynical side of me said, you were fortunate that you took on a team whose fans didn't want their quarterback either. They were trying to boo Mitchell Trubisky off the field from basically minute one in Pittsburgh, the mm-hmm. Mason Rudolph chance, the Rudolph, the red nose reindeer signs in the crowd. <laughs> that was, that was part of the story of this game as well. Oh yeah. You can't, there's no denying that if we were to put together like a, a power ranking of the five most important players on the field last Thursday night in the Patriots win over the Steelers, Trubisky has to finish in the top four. He stinks. Like the, he's all really the, he's... all the tweets reminding people that the Bears took this guy at number two overall. The Bears took this guy over Patrick Mahomes. The Bears like, ah, even um, you know over creeps like Watson, over Patrick Mahomes. Like he stinks. Like he's really now. I understand why Deontay Johnson allegedly threw a haymaker at him last season because he wasn't happy with the QB play. And also Pittsburgh has a little bit of a coach in the clutch problem, playing against Bill Belichick problem. Uh, wide receiver attitude problem because Deontay Johnson, he's a sourpuss. George Pickens, I'll still take him over Tyquan Thornton. However, he's got a terrible attitude. Like terrible. Pitt- Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago looked like, hey, the Steel Curtain's coming back. They got rid of their offensive coordinator. Maybe, you know, you can't blame Canada anymore. Watch out. This team could be a handful in the playoffs. They turned that around into, wow, we're the first team ever to lose back to back to two and 10 teams. Yeah, and now you're talking about Mike Tomlin, who's never had a losing record, being fired. Like, that's the talking point out of Pittsburgh. I don't think it's going to happen, but this game was interesting in that it was uh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, the mighty resurgent. Oh, they just playing each other. Kind of, how do you put it all into perspective? Because I do think it's probably two Hall of Fame coaches going mm-hmm. at it. Um, yep. One of which, in Bill Belichick, the, the pregame show had to spend time saying they think he deserves two more years. We can talk mm-hmm. about that later. Um yep. The other one, the performance actually ended up with Tomlin firing questions. And the one thing I will say, and we'll get into it when we get into our grades, the Patriots fight for Bill Belichick. 
I don't know if the Steelers fight for Mike Tomlin. I don't know how much fight there is in that dog. You mentioned it. I thought it was eye-opening, George Pickens' disinterest in that game. And he's supposed to be a building block for them. I just can't believe that George Pickens and TJ Watt play for the same team, the same organization. And and like just great point. It's unreal. So yeah, TJ Watt takes a an absolute like leaden ham hock to the head on the first play of the game as Zeke runs up the gut for five, knees TJ Watt in the in the right in the bait, right in the moneymaker. He's knocked out basically, gets up. Takes a playoff, gets back in the game. Now he's in concussion protocol, to which we all say, yeah, no doy. Should never have gone back in the game in the first place, yet still was out there grinding, trying to battle on Wenu all night long to give Pittsburgh the dub, whereas George Pickens is like, eh, it's not coming to me. I don't give a shit. Right, and, and I, I I don't know how those guys share a locker room with Tomlin and the whole, the dynamic in Pittsburgh is just so broken right now because I Good think point. they're significantly more talented than the Patriots. I think they fielded mm-hmm. a lot more talent in that game than the Patriots did. Now, you also learned as we started that if your quarterback is a dink, if your quarterback can't play, it doesn't matter how much talent is around him. And that, dra- and maybe that's what's dragging Pickens down. He knows just how bad Trubisky is and whatever. But, you know, Jelani Tavai, I'm a professional. George Pickens doesn't have that bone in his body, apparently, because he did not act like a professional in this football game. But just for the overall perspective, I know the storyline that a lot of people are like, well, why did it take so long to go to Zappi? Okay, I hate to be Mr. Cliche radio guy, but pump the brakes. Bailey Zappi had a nice half. A nice half. Mm-hmm. Notice I didn't even say a nice game. It, it was an it was half. like it was an excellent half of football. Like he sure. three touchdowns, the two touchdown passes to like the first one, Zeke makes a really nice play. And he showed that he still has some life in those legs as well. But uh he has now officially entered the conversation of should this guy stick around for next year or, you know, is he going to be one and done? That's obviously going to be up to him. And we've got plenty of time to break that down as well. But the two touchdown passes to Hunter Henry were beautiful passes. The third, like the second one being the third touchdown in the first half, that was an absolute dot. That was a beautiful play, blown coverage by the safety. Sure. But Hunter Henry on his birthday, hell of a way to start your 29th birthday as well. Two touchdown passes and a long overdue dub in Pittsburgh. Uh, Yeah. Bailey Zappi played well, but, we started the post game show, Andy. I'm sure you probably had passed out at that point, but like we we started the post game show, you know, asking the question I think that was on everyone's mind. Like, I, I does anyone know how to feel about this? Like, there was joy, there was actual fun watching the game. I think I'm happy with, but I also know we have a lot of problems and we need a better draft pick. So I don't know if I'm happy that they won this win. Where was this all season? Oh, you really just needed to switch to Zappy. Bailey Zappy is not the answer to all of the Patriots' ails, needs, and questions by any stretch of the imagination. But I'll ask you if you think Bailey Zappy has played his way into being part of the team, the starter the rest of the way. Probably pretty damn sure about that, so long as he's healthy. But do you think he now has a place on this team next year? And could he be the sort of bridge QB to whoever they draft and develop over time? Um, I think he probably has a spot. I mean, it's hard to, they clearly don't think all that much of him. They cut him. They put him out there for anybody to have. They waited forever before they turned to him. There was certainly a hesitancy there. Um, I know some people believe Bill O'Brien hates him. And then everybody was like, look at this hug that they have in the post-game locker rooms breakdown. So fascinating. Did you catch that video of like, oh, yeah. so th- yeah, 
walks off the sideline with Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien has that grumpy, like, yeah, you kids are lucky you got away with this one. And Zappy's right. super happy. Uh, and Zappy showed a lot of fire during the game after the first touchdown pass to Hunter Henry, touchdown number two in the night, turned to the sideline and pumped his fist saying, let's F and go. Like that signature fire, that enthusiasm had been missing. It wasn't a, a terrible version of the gritty with Mac and Gasicki and everyone. Like it was really, it was, it was fiery and fun. But then you get to the locker room and Bill O'Brien and Bailey Zappi are like hugging and like they're joyful and, then Zappy turns around. Yeah, yeah, here, yes, Mr. Belichick. Like a very business-like, yes, Mr. Belichick handshake with the coach afterward. Even Belichick walking into the locker room, like one of his kids tried to high five and hug him, and Belichick wanted nothing to do with it. Well, because it's weird, right? I mean, yeah, you should celebrate it. There's no doubt in my yep. mind you should celebrate it. You you put everything, and I do believe they're not tanking. We've talked a lot about that. Tanking doesn't happen on an individual basis or like no one's telling somebody not to try and play like they're trying Jabril mm -hmm. peppers and Jelani Tavai, who uh, I didn't, I kind of missed it along the way, had twice as many tackles as anybody in the football game um, continues to just ball out as a, as a revelation on that. Defense. But yeah, he had, he has been tremendous. He really has. I think all of us grossly underestimated Jelani Tavai's talents and his contributions to this team this year. But it's, it's also kind of funny, Andy, because, Jelani Tavai also tried to be part of the solution for the tank crowd slash Pittsburgh stealing the win because he was the one who was offsides on the punt where it was ultimately ruled false start by Pittsburgh, where the center picked up his head and they said, oh, he made a sudden movement indicative of a false start, which he did not. He just literally looked down and looked up to check before he could snap, which is completely legal. And another blown call on a weekend where referee and zebra controversies are just overflowing like madness right now. Uh, you know, but uh, by and large special teams, we'll get to our grades in just a second. Special teams, again, a not so very special night for them, but Jelani Tavai on the whole, he can stick around. Oh, he definitely gets a slice of cake and he gets a, he gets to call first slice from the pizza pie next year for sure. But in the end, I would say this game was about zappy. You, you mentioned it. I think he brings energy. Um, and I know, and everybody's going to overreact. It's what we do. Oh, Chris Shine was right. Or this guy was wrong and blah, blah, blah. And Mac and Zappy. I still think Zappy, I think even his plays, I think he's always a hair away from them being picks in the other direction. Like he's mm -hmm. like, he, he giveth and he taketh at some point. Um, great. Like that was a stunning throw to Hunter Henry for the touchdown. So stunning, I would say, if he tried that play ten times, I think five of them end in interceptions or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they don't. They don't. No, they don't end up like that's almost almost too pretty for words, especially coming from a team that has been so offensively anemic all season. I mean, my God, they scored twenty one points. That's eight points more in that game than they had scored in the previous three games combined. Right, and I wish they had done something in the second half. <laughs> something, anything. Yeah. Didn't like Absolutely. the way that they turtled in the second half. No, I did not like the ultra conservative approach. But if you go back and you think, how many Patriots games have I watched in this lifetime? That is almost a quintessentially Belichickian game plan to go to basically just say, okay, we've got a lead. Let's protect the lead. We believe Pittsburgh and Trubisky will make enough mistakes to help seal the deal for us. They did in the end. But again, the Patriots mm -hmm. almost look like they had a half where they said, hey, guys, we actually do have this in us. Now let's make sure we get the loss uh, so that we can get a better draft pick and tried to give it back to Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh was like, nah, you know, actually, we're not, we don't really want this win either. Like, actually, the refs were also like, as you pointed out, I, I firmly believe if that false start on the punt, the snapper mm -hmm. doesn't. I mean, 
you may lose this football game. You were yes. that you were that close. So right. that was a big play. Whatever. But I want to focus on the positives because I do think the energy and the the Jabril Peppers, you know, did this for Bill because he's been taking too much flack. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with that. I think Bill has earned the flack he has taken um, of late. I agree with but, that as well. I also think it's a good sign just for everybody involved that they are fighting and guys do feel like they got to get bills back. And there is, there is certainly more of a cohesion in the new England locker room at three and 10 than there is in the Steelers locker room at what are they? Seven and six now, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, which locker room would I rather be a part of the Patriots locker room? Cause I think the Steelers locker room is an absolute crap show. Oh, an absolute mess indeed. All right. So those are our, uh, uh, still too ne- never too late thoughts and recap on the game as well. Any lingering thoughts or whatever has come up in your mind, Pat's people, you can always give us a shout at Jumbo Hart at Fitzy GFY. And of course at six rings pod. And now it is time to get to the grades. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, Andy, here on the old Six Rings of Football Things podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel make every moment more. Each week, we hand out grades for the Patriots' efforts in their previous professional football contest. We run through the offense, defense, special teams, quarterback, and coaching as well. It is a win, only their third on the season, bringing the Patriots to 3-10 and with four games to go. Once again, the Patriots have been eliminated from the postseason oh my god why oh when will it stop poor mr Kraft and his preseason prediction wants and wishes they didn't come true we'll get to robert Kraft's words from game day a little bit later in the final leg what we like to call pat's parade but right now let's hand out some grades we will begin andy with the offense what grade would you have given the offense overall so i went with a b here um, I'm giving him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt with this B. Um, as I said, I thought the second half was not very good. They weren't very good on third down. Um, they ran the ball enough to stay balanced. My guy, Ezekiel Elliott, I thought had a nice night, but was more impactful in the passing game than he was with his carries. Um, but I'm giving them credit for the fact that they had no receivers. They were banged up. They, you know, the backup running back, is it like your backup quarterback, backup receivers? Mm-hmm. Like when, when you're not that good offensively anyway, and then all your backups are playing, 
You go on the road and boom, you burst for three touchdowns in the first half when you've been tr- trouble scoring. I thought Bill O'Brien did a pretty nice job calling the game early. Um, so I, I think it was a, a good, solid performance for the talent that they had. It wasn't perfect. I, again, I hate the second half that it was all punts and one turnover. I hate the interception was a bad throw, bad decision by Bailey. He, he held the ball for a, a good full second yep. too long. That ball yep. needed to get out. He took too long on that one. So, you know, there were some negatives there, but you won the game and you laid the foundation very early offensively to win the game, driving right down the field, um, getting the ball to Ezekiel Elliott a couple times, including the touchdown on that opening drive to sort of break the seal. There had been that seal, you know, take the, take the cover off the rim kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So my shot can go in, you got your shot to go in. So, Oh, and Juju Smith Schuster finally showed up, finally balled out that 37 yard play where he went up and got the football strong catch. I don't know if it was because he was playing his former team or whatever, but right. He had his best game as a Patriot. So I give them a solid B. Yeah. Where had that been Juju Smith Schuster? So just to recap, statistically Zappy was 19 of 28, 243 tutties and a pick. Your leading rusher was Zeke, 22 carries, 68 yards. Uh, Zappi had three scampers for a total of 13 yards as well. Did move well on a couple third downs uh, as well during the game. Zappi climbing the pocket and playing well. We'll get to the quarterback grade in just a little bit. Your leading receiver was Juju, four for 90. Where had that been? Maybe it was a little bit because he got to go back and play in front of his old fans because he spent the first uh, five years of his career in Pittsburgh before making his way to KC for a year. Boy, they could use him right about now. Uh, Zeke went seven for 72 and Hunter Henry was three for 40 with the two touchdowns. I gave them a B as well. And that's because I gave them an A in the first half and a C minus in the second half, put it together, makes for a rock solid B the defense. Andrew, what do you have? So I went B plus for the defense. Um, they're kind of the opposite. I, I think they played really well. I think they did a lot of things. Well, they were good on third down. Um, now I, I grade on a little bit of a curve or whatever you want to call it. Cause you are playing Mitchell Trubisky and he sucked. And I, I do think the home crowd was right to boo him off the field and want someone else to be playing quarterback. Cause some of the throws and the decisions he makes, he just looks like deer in headlights over overmatched. Like the game does not come easily to his brain. He's playing football right now in a lot of ways, the way Mac Jones is like, you've got enough, you've got enough arm. I think Trubisky has even more arm. He certainly can can move well. He's a very athletic, but he's playing fear. He's playing not to lose, which is the right. single worst way to play quarterback or any play any position in professional sports. And the Patriots found out in the second half when they went into ball control, play not to lose mode, and they almost lost and probably could have shoulda. Uh, yeah, he's busted too. Like he's he's done he's Dunsky as far as I, as far as I'm concerned in the NFL at this point, unless someone else wants to take him on as a reclamation project. Maybe his old buddy Brian Dayball would want to do so, but I don't see that working out for him at all. Uh, let's see. How about uh, defense? I gave them uh, an A- because I don't even put that last touchdown on them. I mean, when they needed to get the ball back, terrible call. Fourth and two with two minutes left, and Pittsburgh chucks it down the field as opposed to trying awful. to get the first. Awful. Like The Pittsburgh coaching gets a flat-out F for – How about that uh, – tight end sprint out pass where the tight ends throwing the ball on the goal line on the goal line and uh Jonathan Jones it was John Jones or Tavai who knocked it down um, I forget I who it was but, yeah it was a, but it was an excellent play oh no it was Mac Wilson Mac Wilson Jr excuse me uh or senior whatever you call him that that was a Mac Wilson play good play by him terrible call by Pittsburgh as well well they uh, have that weird setup too where they fired Matt Canada 
Yep. The guy who's the offensive coordinator hasn't called plays, so he's not calling plays. They have a different guy who's calling plays because he has some experience calling play. Like they're kind of a crap show on offense. Yeah, no, they're just an absolute disaster. Um, Patriots defense. I mean, the special teams, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, put them in put them in dire straits again with another bad play. Like, and the defense did the best they could. Again, you're talking about on offense. They were so undermanned. They only had three healthy receivers. To me, it's addition by subtraction by not having Devontae Parker out there. I'd be good without him the rest of the season and just see them trot out who they had and, and give it a go with what they got. Uh, and as far as defense goes, yeah, you know who's missing. You know who they got. Christian Barmore, uh, Sean uh, Sean Wade was again uh, scratched due to his illness. But the Barmores and the God Shows and the guys of the world are giving it all and then some Peppers. on the line. Jabril Peppers is my, again, deception. He's my favorite New England Patriot 2023. Juwan Bentley's playing his ass off. Uh, there's, you know, Anthony Jennings, also like Josh Uche, meh. Anthony Jennings looks like somebody who looks like he wants to be a part of the solution, not the problem going forward. I, yeah, it may, may entertain a little bit of that, but by and large, this defense continues to impress and they deserve their flowers. So that's an A minus for me. Special teams. D C minus, I guess. Yeah, I went D. I went D. Okay. D is, I mean, when you Ty Montgomery got himself benched and waived within 24 right. hours because he couldn't block on the punt, um, mm -hmm. which set up a touchdown short field for them. Um, mm -hmm. my guy Baringer was sort of inconsistent and like he's he's fine. I think he's gonna be fine, like in the, the grand scheme yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's but a keeper. His his he had been on sort of a, a rise, and I think it's now kind of plateaued and it's a little bumpy up and down for him. His trajectory has flattened out a little bit. And then you got lucky because you you jumped off sides. Like the world yes. knows you jumped off sides. They didn't call that necessarily, but you got away with one there. And Brendan Schooler continues to be, by the way, kind of a penalty machine in his own yeah, can right. Can we calm down stuff. a little bit? Can we yeah. just can we calm down a little bit? I mean. He's supposed to be like the next Matthew Slater, which in some ways he looks like it, the way he works, the the oh, energy, yeah. the effort, all of that. But then there's like stupid penalties and he doesn't seem to be able to keep his head all the time, which in a core special teamer, if you're going to be that Slater, Larry Izzo type guy, um, you, you can't be leading the team in penalties in the kicking game. So that's another area where they need to clean it up. Oh, for sure as well. Yeah, I mean, and just constantly putting the putting the defense – on their heels in bad situations. You, you, you can't do that as well. So uh, I was none too pleased for a unit that so much money is so much attention, multiple coaches, millions of dollars, and they continue to be last in the NFL. I don't know how in the world they're ever going to clean that up because it is curiously bad on to the quarterback. What grade did you give young Bailey Zapper for the effort? He did zappy hours back. Do we have zappy fever again in Pat's nation, Andy? I just had a fever in general. There was no, no need for Zappy. Um, I gave him a B plus. Um, again, the second Same. half, I need more. And do I think this is necessarily who he is? Like, oh, he's going to throw three touchdowns in the first half every week. No. I mean, he was the first guy since Brady in, what, 18 to do that? Yep, I think. against the Jets in December of 2018. Um, which, by the way, in the modern NFL is not a huge number to throw three touchdown passes in a half. It's not exactly... But it yeah. seems like a season's worth of touchdown passes for the New England Patriots, which is oh, why absolutely. this is such a marvel. Absolutely. Um, so, but again, I think his energy, his natural confidence, the way he carries himself um, in stark contrast to what Mac Jones had become, what Mac Jones had been beaten into over the mm -hmm. course of the season, I think that was huge. 
Um, you mentioned his energy celebrating the plays and the touchdowns. I think that was huge. I think this team needed some of that. Feed it off. Feed it. Fed. It needed and it feeded. <laughs> so it fed. Uh, fed off of that. But, you know, it's it's based again. This is another based on a curve. He wasn't Mac Jones. He was Bailey Zappy, and he brought you a little bit of that Zappy fever kind of energy that, at least for the short term, felt good, felt entertaining. It was a prime time game where you didn't have to worry: Are they going to score any points? Are they going? You know, what's the score going to be? At? Nope. They came out, drove right down the field, and scored. I liked what he brought to um, that process. I liked what he's brought the last whatever it was two weeks now, kind of coming off the the shutout. He didn't play well necessarily, but I thought his confidence was good. And he talked about himself. There's things I have to do. And if I do, when I do, I think he said, when I do those, we'll be okay. He, he made some of those plays. He stepped up in the pocket. He did some yeah. good things in that area. Now he almost lost him the game. I still don't really know. Full credit to Ezekiel Elliott on the tackle on the interception. I don't know how that guy didn't beat Ezekiel Elliott to the end zone. Like, you have to there. Sorry, your momentum. He's an old aging running back with like 2,000 carries in his legs. you got to get in the end zone to win the game for your team. And he couldn't. So Bailey Zappi tried to give the game away a little bit there. But mm -hmm. um, in the end, all total package, give him a B. Yeah, I yeah I gave him a B plus as well. I think he deserves it mostly just for getting the win and for the first half. There are definitely some things he could do better, but I, again, I think he's given them a little spark on offense on the team overall. He look he looks the part of a serviceable NFL quarterback right now, and I and I do think the Pats will be well served to have him in for the final four games. And he may just he may just maybe 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 be around for a little while to come as they draft and develop another quarterback, or at least that's what we think that they'll do next season uh again a long off season to discuss that and finally as we wrap up the grades portion here of the six rings and football things review podcast following pats at stellars uh what'd you give the coaching andy so this was the hardest grade for me to think about because there was a lot that kind of went into it i yeah. i settled in on for bb i give him a b triple b's bbb mm -hmm. better business bureau bill belichick um because some of it is in comparison to what the hell I saw going on in Pittsburgh and for Pittsburgh. Um, I don't think this team has not quit on Bill Belichick. They, they are still playing for him both uh, emotionally and mentally and, you know, doing yeah. what they're asked to do, trusting that what he says and what this coaching staff tells them to do can be victorious, even though it hasn't been victorious. Like I still think there was some faith there. Um, so I, this is a weird one for me. Like I thought the offensive game plan early was good. So Bill is, you know, as the head of the staff, mm -hmm. he gets credit or blame depending on how the overall staff works. I thought they did a nice job starting offensively. Yep. Thought they did a really nice job. Now you mentioned it. The, the TJ Watt thing, you know, a week after Khalil Mack kicked Mike on ass, Mike on when was a half a, a half week after like three and a half days right. later. And then he's, was one-on-one -on -one with Watt a lot. There was a lot of Watt on uh, Wenu matchups and on Wenu won it. Now, I don't know how much the early knee to the face. I mean, we all saw it. If the guy asks you, yeah, these lights are really bothering me. Could you give me a dark shield to play mm -hmm. the rest of the game in? That's probably a sign you shouldn't be playing in the game. But, yeah. oh, smelling salts? You need those two to wake up yeah. to get out there? Yeah, Honestly. yeah, go ahead. Here, good luck. I mean, like, what are, are we playing like in the are we playing like in the Kevin Green days, or are these like the the T.J. Watt contemporary NFL like attention to you know cr uh, mental trauma? You know, uh, and and for some reason people don't seem to care. CTE. 
he goes into I, concussion protocol on Friday. There's no like Tua. There was all this uproar and all that. Like, where's the hand wringing and the uproar? Yeah, where's the fear over T.J. Watt just because he hasn't previously shown he didn't, he didn't go into the fencing position on national TV or suffer three three concussions? I think it's because he's not a quarterback. Honestly, I think it's because he's a, a defensive player. Right. I think if he were a quarterback, yeah, that's what those guys do, bro. Well, no, he's a person too. Like, his head is, is just like anyone. Tua's head is just like anybody else's head. He's a man with a head and a brain and a future and children and and all of that so yeah how exactly that was allowed to unfold like that and i know it maybe it just looks worse than it is maybe if i were more informed the details oh no 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 it makes sense smelling salts and a, a mask uh black shield or nor like it just looks really bad from afar but anyway the patriots dealt with tj watt the patriots started fresh uh offensively started productively offensively and overall i thought the 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 effort in a short week when the season is over and it'd be easy to just pack it in and not care. The care was there. And so Bill Belichick gets credit for that. Yeah. They have not, like you said, they haven't quit on the coach. Great early offensive game plan. Did not like the conservative lead protecting approach in the second half. Special teams were lousy, but the defense is grinding. So I gave the coaching overall a B myself as well. Again, it's one of those like, at times it was A worthy. At times it was C worthy. I'll meet you in the middle. Good enough effort to get the job done as well. And Pittsburgh, like we said earlier, would have gotten a big fat F overall. How do you let the Patriots put up 21 points and a half on you in front of your hometown crowd? Ma, just monumentally unbelievable. And now Pittsburgh is in disarray and the Patriots. Well, let's get to what they're playing for as we get to the third leg of our podcast. Pat's Perry, what'd you think of our grades overall, everybody? I thought they were pretty fair. I thought they were uh, overall not none too, not excessively generous, but mostly fair, deserved and earned as well. Uh, give us a shout if you like the grades. If you disagree with the grades and more, we're, of course, at Fitzy GFY at Jumbo Hart here on the at Six Rings pod. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, here we go. It's everyone's favorite segment where we clean up everything in Isle Patriots. It's the best of the rest and everything else that didn't make the first two parts of the podcast. This is Pat's Paris. And Andy, we have a lot. We've got a multiple podcasts worth of stuff to get to over the next 15 minutes. But basically, it's all to me. Anything else NFL related we can get to as the week progresses. Uh, but to me, it's all about the weekend. Now, Army Navy was in town. It was a spectacular affair. The uh, the pomp, the pageantry, the circumstance, the honor, the excitement, the Americana, the just the, the pride everyone took in it. Such an impressive display of machinery and manpower and discipline. Great seeing the energy in the stadium as well. People remarked that it was truly one of like the the best times at the stadium in a long time since the the fever of Tom Brady and Gronk in the in the playoffs perennially had hit the stadium. Um, that's great. But the real rumblings and stirs in Pat's nation came from college game day being in town. And they had 
basically just one game to focus on. And they certainly were not for lack of content because both Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick appeared on college game day. Robert Kraft finally making his first appearance since the Frankfurt game and the disappointment therein after getting after spending 10 years to get that to, uh, to get that happening. That was ultimately disappointing. However, all the time they spent to get Army Navy at Gillette was worth the investment and then some. Um, let's uh, play right now. Let's play the audio of Robert Kraft and Pat McAfee's engagement, and I want to get uh, your response to it afterward. You've kicked a lot of ass for the NFL, Robert Kraft. We like to win, so uh, we want to do everything we can to get our team back so we can be winning it. I don't envy your position. What's about to happen? We all about to. We don't have to ask. <laughs> Six times. <laughs> won the Super Bowl, been there on other occasions. But Scrap, but thank, you. thank you so much. All right, Andy. So some said that that was a bit of an ambush by Pat McAfee on Robert Kraft saying like, Hey, uh, you know, I don't envy what you have to do this off season as well. Like it, does he, kn are you of the, he knows something and there have been discussions behind closed doors or is that more like, well, pretty much everyone knows there's going to be a meeting and there's going to be an owner and coach referendum where they decide uh, what the future of football in Foxborough is like. Yeah. The latter. I don't think Pat McAfee knows anything, but yeah, I, I don't think, I didn't think it was that dirt. I didn't think it was dirty poker either. Yeah, I had I had no problem with it. It didn't seem Robert Kraft had a problem with it. I mean, he smiled and shook his hand. Um, and I found this interview extremely interesting in the way it was evaluated and analyzed by outsiders. Everybody seemed to fixate on that where McAfee ambushed him, whatever, insinuated, which I think all he's saying is you got a lot of tough decisions to make. I don't envy yeah. you making tough decisions like whatever. I do envy you, Robert Kraft, because I would like to make tough decisions with $7 billion in my back pocket with which to make those decisions. But anyway, different topic, different day. Um, but people seem to gloss over, I thought, an equally as notable and maybe more so interesting part of the interview when Kirk Herbstreet asked Robert about his success overall in his career. And Robert said, people, collecting people. And we've yes, had one of the best here for 24 years as the head coach. And I believe that's the longest tenured blah, blah, blah. I thought it was really interesting that he said the key to their success was people. And the key was Robert Kraft having Bill Belichick working for him. I mean, if you want to read tea leaves, I think you could say he still buys into Bill Belichick's greatness and he was supporting his coach. Now, I don't know. Maybe he was just like acknowledging history and I'm connect again, connecting two things that shouldn't be connected. But I thought you could leave that interview saying, oh, wow, he really supported Bill Belichick in that interview. I think he's keeping him. I, I, I tell you, we ran uh, polls uh, Thursday night during the game. Do you want the Pats to win or lose? It was 72% uh, lose, 28% win. Friday did the same with WEI in the afternoon show as part of America's broadcast. And it was still like almost 60% people were unhappy about the Patriots winning versus 40% who wanted them to actually win. Uh, and I think as we've seen with polls that you've run, that I've been involved in the station, the morning show, everyone, do you still want Belichick around next year or not? And it's been a little bit more than 50%. No, people want a fresh start, fresh change. But I wonder if this game did possibly do anything to dissuade some people that wanted Bill Belichick removed as head coach GM and the entire, uh, you know, the chieftain of Patriots football. And if this possibly did stir some feelings in Robert Kraft, seeing not only them get a W, 
but uh, in advance of Army Navy so that the conversation changed before the big national international audience focused on Gillette Stadium this weekend. But did him seeing the Patriots, like you said, they uh, the defense is still trying really hard. This team has not folded the tent and packed it in. Does that make Robert Kraft think, okay, if we have a good draft and we spend some money and we pick the right people to go to battle with next year and beyond, maybe I should run it back with Bill. I dare say, I think if you had asked me right now, just like go on FanDuel and make a bet. Is Kraft, is, is Belichick here next year or not? I would say yes now. See, I would still say no, but that comment gave me pause, gave me a moment to just assess Oh wow, he he he's saying positive things. That's not necessarily a, a full public support of his future, but it's right. it's an interesting assessment of what has led to the success in New England. But the one thing I would say is I think it'd be a mistake if the game played any role in his decision. Mm-hmm. Like this is a big picture decision about oh, the yeah. last five years, the next mm-hmm. five years, Correct. him being 71, the drafts. Like this is more than about well, you went out and beat Mitchell Trubisky, so I'm going to keep you now. That was a really good win in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky. Three points on Thursday night football as Al yeah. Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit watched in awe. No, no, no. Right. So I don't really think it should have any bearing other than the one aspect of I do think it's impressive the way the team still fights for Bill Belichick in comparison to what's going on in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin, another legendary long-tenured head coach. So th- that comparison is at least worth filing away. But I don't think you should make any of the decision based on that game because it's too big a window. Like you said, if we have a good draft, well, if we had a good draft, it would be uncharacteristically Patriots. Like, yeah, if we had a good draft, draft any of the last couple of years, my God. I mean, look at how bare some of the cupboards are. Yes. At, at receiver and the secondary, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm Sean Wade, quick, come back and save the cornerback room. Like, I mean, yeah, now, no, obviously bad. Yeah, you. I mean, Gonzo down for the year with the labrum, Marcus Jones as well. Like these are things you couldn't have foreseen, but it's also life in the NFL, a league where I believe the 54th starting quarterback uh, went under center this past weekend with Drew Locke taking snaps for Seattle. Like it's just a bananas year. You need depth everywhere. Side note: in, It's getting yeah. re goddamn ridiculous, as they say in uh, Anchorman on Pandora Two Thousand. Yeah, whatever. Like yeah. re goddamn ridiculous. Can can we have any good players make it through to the end of the year? I mean, even Justin Mm-mm. Jefferson. Like he comes back from one injury and boom, gets hit in the back and he's right back in the sideline, going to miss time. Like this is why we can't have nice things. And this is why flag football is coming because the league is going to overreact at some point to all these injuries. And I know people think I'm making fun of this. And Ben Watson actually now agrees with me. And there's more and more people that look, I'm telling you, flag football is coming. This is not an Andy Hart Uh overreaction. It is coming. Prepare for it. This is not a, an unsponsored section of the podcast. We would call, Hardo, where the Hardo heart uh, does his thing. Like uh, you first floated that theory here a while ago on six rings. I think we've even brought it to the Fitzy and heart program on the terrestrial airwaves. So whenever it ultimately is take snaked on a national level, I want everyone to remember you heard like with most good football takes. Yeah. I heard it here first on six rings. I agree with you, Andy. There's also four games left to play. Let's see how the Patriots respond to coach Belichick. Uh, the remainder of the season. Let's see what how they're in these games, if they pull off any more wins, any upsets. But yeah, you have to take a look at the whole picture, basically from 2019 to present. No succession plan for Gronk. No succession plan for Tom Brady. No succession plan for Julian Edelman. No succession plan for James White. Like the pillars upon which basically the Patriots dynasty was built upon or that kept the engine running for all those years 
aside, aside from like having a very competitive defense, all the offensive issues have really not been addressed. And like, that's an issue. And like Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick are going to need to sit down and address Bill's offensive deficiencies, as well as the succession plans and, and the depth overall, if they can't come to, I think they're, I think each side is going to try to convince the other one why they probably should stay. But do you think if they uncouple, is it going to be a Bill Belichick decision or a Robert Kraft decision or mutual? I think mutual. I do. Yeah. Um, that's the other part of the game day uh, interaction we should probably touch into. Bill Belichick mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. Um, made his pick of Navy, which was a stunner. I never saw that coming. I was never like, saw wow. that. And, and I got to say, I got to say, it's, it's not, it, like we're looking for just every little silver lining, every just little piece of golden fleece that we could possibly divine some joy from. At least Belichick put on the Navy helmet, pulling a Lee Corso, launching a thousand memes on Saturday morning, which was fun. They were all laughing. Pat's ever all the fans there. The cadets were cheering. That was great. Uh, they laughing with him or at him? A little bit of both. Yeah, I agree. You know, he I stole my shtick night before Thanksgiving. I wore my helmet on WEEI on the Rich Keefe show, and Bill said, "That's a good idea. I'm going to wear my Navy helmet." I it's prop, you know. Again, like all the good ideas come from WEEI. Yes, it's true. Uh, but of course, Belichick pulling out the Jolly Roger, having to give everyone a you know the Navy lesson. But uh, here, let's play a little audio from Bill Belichick on game day, uh, talking about his football journey right now and where things are at for him. Yeah, well, Pat, unlike you, when you can't play, then you need to find another way to stay in the game, right? Hey, I barely play too. (laughs) So I'm not a good player, so you find a way to coach. But, uh, you know, look, I was the only child, spoiled. And, uh, you know, I I did what my dad did. And so, you know, I followed him around. I went to practices. I went to meetings. I watched, you know, coaches like Coach Corso. uh, And and, uh, those then and learned how to be a coach, take different things from different uh, coaching styles, methods, and so forth. And it just kind of felt, I guess, you know, natural to me. All right, Andy. So what did you make of Belichick save for the Jolly Roger and the Lee Corsoing and all the memeing and stuff? What do you, what do you make of his appearance on game day and where he seems to be following the Pittsburgh game? Well, I mean, obviously he was in a good mood and it helps him be in a good mood to come off a win. I think he Mm -hmm. probably would have been in a good mood either way because this is... That's his bag, baby. Yeah, this is a a unique situation. Army-Navy at his stadium. um, That's that's just going to trump the feelings of, oh, we lost to the Steelers. I'm going to be a curmudgeon for 10 days. Like I think that would overwhelm. Um, Obviously, sitting next to Lee Corso, the footage of Lee Corso they showed earlier on the program. Did you see, like, did you see that? Coach. The extended hug, like two hugs. Like Corso like, was like visibly emotional getting to see Belichick. Well, and you realize like that military world is special. The yep. football, you know, it's one fraternity of just football fraternity. Then yep. there's the the Naval Academy. For, there's like multiple fraternities coming together there for those guys. Right. Right. And I think probably two guys that, you know, they're not getting any younger and sort of really appreciating certain things and memories and aspects of their life, even more so as they um, come closer to the end, unfortunately. Right. And, and Lee Corso, the emotion that he shows, if he, there's nobody who loves football more than Lee Corso. Like he is nope. just a an absolute, um, just a, a joy to watch just because. Mm-hmm. Even if he doesn't have his fastball anymore, nope. the, you know, like yep. makes him a little sympathetic. It's have it's one of those like, ah, grandpa doesn't have what he used to. But like just seeing him makes you think college football, seeing Bill Belichick makes you think NFL. So like having two pe- two people like we lost Gil Brandt earlier this year. I used to always say that Gil Brandt, like a virtual Gil Brandt should welcome you in, you know, when you walk into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, like 
Lee Corso and Bill Belichick are all-time football figures in America. So we can't overstate really how special it was having them together there for that moment and what a big deal this was for them individually, for the game day program, obviously, and for the football culture of the Patriots and here in New England overall. That was that was great. I do want to bring up, though, uh, I'm not sure if you heard it this morning, Belichick did his normal Monday morning appearance. Uh, he didn't do it on Friday. We did this typical Patriots Monday here at WEI. Belichick was asked um, on the Greg Hill show this morning about Robert Kraft's, uh, rather Pat McAfee's were lines. I don't envy your position with what's about to happen. We know we don't have to ask. So he was, uh, Belichick was asked, you know, what does he know? Uh, how, you know, how do you feel about those cryptic remarks? And Belichick said, like you said, it's week to week here this week against Kansas City. We're going to focus on everything we can do to go out and play our best game of the year against KC. I mean, just classically Belichickian. Like, you know, that's all you're going to get. He's not going to say like, well, Mr. Kraft has a right to feel that way. We've obviously underperformed this year. I probably could have done a better job with the draft in recent years. I need to address some blind sides that I have in my overall program building. And I would have possibly even moved on from me before. So, yeah, we're going to have a tet a tet after the season and discuss my future. Yeah, please. Yeah, you'll see that when you see, when you see Cam Newton back under center for the Patriots. Come on. It, you know, he's been so consistent for so long in this way, like deflecting questions, one game at a time mentality. Why would he break it now? Like, I understand mm -hmm. you asked the question. Obviously, you asked the question just to test to see if he still maintains his consistency. But the finish line of this most difficult season is near. He can see it. Now is the easy part. It's like when you're doing that 5K and you pick mm -hmm. somebody in front of you, you're going to beat to the finish line. Like that's the part where Belichick is now. He's not going to say all those things you just said now and throw no. away like 24 years of a certain mentality and philosophy. So yeah, this this particular this particular Tiger will not change its stripes at this juncture no. in his career or the season. And ah. and nor should he because he still has I think that would be hypocritical and disrespectful to uh, Jabril Peppers, Jelani Tavai, those guys mm -hmm. that are still giving him week-to-week -week effort, game-by-game -game effort to try to win that game, regardless of the draft pick and the tanking and the, the, the noise, ignoring the noise from outside the stadium. If he then fed the noise, became the noise, that would be disrespectful to those guys. So he owes it to those guys to try to put in a 10-day prep period to beat the damn Kansas City Chiefs, who by the way, are more beatable now than they once appeared. I could not agree more. Uh, really, really interesting stuff from coach and owner on game day. Uh, and I just want uh, Belichick also in his Monday morning appearance uh, talked about Bailey Zappi, although Zappi has not officially been named the starter for Sunday or the remainder of the season. I think it's pretty safe to assume that he will be uh, on Bailey Zappi on the morning show today. He said, quote, Bailey's been pretty consistent for the most part. He's done a good job of taking care of the ball at the quarterback position. Read into that all you want, folks. That's an editorial note. We haven't had a lot of negative plays, turnovers, and just negative plays, penalties that are related to the quarterback position, like delay of the game, things like that. He's done a good job of managing the team and taking care of the ball. And therein, ladies and gentlemen, is everything you need to know about how Bill Belichick feels about what Mac Jones did with the football last year, and most especially this year as well, and why Bailey Zappi is likely to hold on to the job the remainder of the season should his health uh, – uh, and you, there's no guaranteeing that in the NFL. Uh, stick with him. Andy, last thing real quick. In preparation, let's take a quick too early look at the Chiefs game on Sunday. Everybody bore witness in what was a massively televised 4 p.m. slot on Sunday. Um, 
very a couple of very interesting games uh on Sunday, a couple of thrilling finishes as well. But uh Chiefs Bills continue every time these teams meet up, we get something to remember. We have 13 seconds from a few years ago. Um uh, Bills do a great job in Kansas City. Uh, then things change oftentimes come playoffs. But yesterday we get the Mahomes meltdown at the end of the game. Kadarius Tony, who apparently is still on the team so that he can cost the Chiefs games, drops balls in the opener against the Lions. And yesterday his foot is clearly offsides. It's a D Ford moment uh, now on offense for the Chiefs. It, it, it negates an incredible and incredible play as Travis Kelsey was down the uh, went down the middle, turned around lateral to Kadarius Tony with a almost like Jacoby Myers to Mac Jones length pass across the field. Tony sprints to the end zone. Could have been a game winning touchdown as the Chiefs barely were hanging on against the Bills, and it's all negated because Kadarius Tony's freaking left foot is past where the sent Creed Humphrey has the ball down. Like it's such an idiotic move. It's a penalty clearly. Um, and then afterwards, I think Patrick Mahomes' freak out, like yelling to Josh Allen at their hug, like freaking worst call of the year, like offensive offsides, give me a break, bro. And then just like yelling on the sideline, having to be restrained. Didn't that reek to you of being more frustrated overall and not just with the moment? And also, why didn't he freak out last week when Green Bay was clearly committed defensive pass interference and it wasn't called? Like this just has to be general frustrations overall more so than it was that play, right? Yeah, he boiled over. Like, there's just so much going on. He feels so much pressure because he's in um, that world of, oh, they're taking your weapons away, but they still expect the dinner to be the same quality of food and presentation, and it's just not realistic. Um, but the the first thing that jumped into my mind, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> was, you know, this, there were sort of the comparisons, like Brady always pops up when it's Mahomes. Whenever it's your timeline, there's going to be like Brady. Yeah. Um, I have been maybe the biggest critic of Brady in New England forever. I do not recall Tom Brady acting like this, voicing this publicly. The closest thing I can even recall, and I don't remember the opponent, is the one post-game press conference where he stepped to the podium and said, my mother always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. So good night, guys. I'm going to go home and see my kids. Patrick Mahomes embarrassed himself. And more importantly, Andy Reid, I thought, embarrassed himself. But I will say... Belichick has done the same thing. This made me think of Belichick, the Wes Welker, um, Akib Talib hit where he called it the dirtiest plays ever seen in football mm -hmm. in his career or something like. So I think the person that comes out looking good in this for me personally is Tom Brady, because I never saw him act this way, even though I know he felt internally that he got screwed and felt this way. Thank he you. never voiced it and showed it. So that was Tom my Brady, immediate reaction to Tom Brady. You you deserve to be praised here because even Brady has said the closest thing to Brady right now is Mahomes. And we've all talked about it. They roll out of bed. They go to the AFC title game in theory, although God forbid Mahomes might have to play a road playoff game this year, something he's not uh, familiar with. But. The, they embarrass themselves late, and I understand the energy. I'm okay even on the sideline, but when you when the game ends and you're going to shake Josh Allen's hand, stop it. Say congratulations. Say hopefully we see you again in a month and a half or whatever in the playoffs. Yeah, you blah, got blah, us blah. again. You got us again, bro. I hope we meet again. And that I, as a football fan, I wanted the Bills to win because a I like Josh Allen, but b I would like to see Bills Chiefs in the playoffs and the Same. bills are hanging on for their playoff lives. They lose this game. It becomes more difficult. So they win this game that enables the possibility that I could see this again, because the other thing is in a, a year where the league stinks, 
Brady was right. And now a big part of it is, as you mentioned, 54 starting quarterbacks or whatever the hell it's going to be when we get to that point. Stars may, dropping we're, we're, like flies. I'm sure we, we'll get to 60. Yeah. We need Mahomes Allen this year more than ever because there could be some bad playoff games that continue the bad season. We may need some of these marquee playoff matchups. So, but I'm sorry. Like, I, I'd like to think, I'm hoping Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes say, my bad. I mea culpa, really mea culpa. Yeah. It's been a tough year, but I don't know if they're going to. They seem like they're going to. And then for Mahomes to say that this is affecting Travis Kelsey's Hall of Fame candidacy and legacy because this oh. film won't be shown and like. You took away one of the great plays. Yeah, you took away one of the great plays of the year, one of the great plays in history. His stats are no, affected. Like, no, it, it was you a great took play. It away. You yeah. took it away. You Tell your freaking receiver to line up on sides. Right. It like that is something that is taught from Pop Warner on from when you step on a field at eight, nine, ten years old. Like, here's the ball. Just make sure your feet are I mean, in my flag football league this year. We had kid, we were you know fastidious in our approach to making sure the kids knew where to line up and they got called for it sometimes. And but at least when the kids are nine and ten years old, the refs will say, Hey, uh, you know, hey, 81, back up. You're on the line of scrimmage. Like, okay, you're nine years old. Kadarius Tony. Your, your fundamentals, uh, your rules, and your basics don't seem to be uh, too well too well taught and too tightly wrapped. You should probably know at this point you're not allowed to line up on the line of scrimmage or pass the football where the center snaps. And it's one thing if – look, I, I, I tweeted the same after the game as well. My immediate reaction, Andy, was um, it just makes me appreciate the way Brady went about his business all those years, especially when dealing with inferior weapons and talent, like, come on, 2006, 2013, did he ever run onto the field and yell at the other quarterback and then carry on with histrionics all the way through a post-game press conference? No, even though he wanted to, he is, the oh, biggest, you know, he wanted to, he's the biggest baby as a competitor, sore loser. I know that for a fact, but he was able to take a deep breath, mask it, professionalize it, put forth a facade of, of how you're mm -hmm. supposed to act, mm -hmm. like those types of things, whereas Mahomes didn't. And all the way through the – he was bitching the whole post game too. Like it just – And that's the Sideline, midfield, game. We've all done stuff and said stuff in the heat of the moment that uh, – I shouldn't have said that. Uh, the, like, mm -hmm. But at some point, the 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 energy should fade and reality should set in and you should like mm -hmm. catch yourself but mm -hmm. you're right that was a good half hour of uncontrolled sore loser baby mentality that yeah i didn't think we'd see from mahomes i thought mahomes was better than that and apparently he isn't unbecoming of maybe we were all waiting for that moment i mean you know like that seemed like and then Brittany mahomes doing on her story zooming in on the ref and writing mvp well, like, see, I uh, didn't think she was better than that. That's no, but now I'm wondering, like, is that poisoning the watering? Hole? I just it was unbecoming mm. of the poster boy. I used to blame Giselle for ruining Brady. Maybe I should blame his wife for ruining Mahomes. I mean, Great. like they're not they're not married. They're not married. They're not intertwined by accident. Like they the water seeks its own level sometimes more often than not. I, I, I just it's unbecoming of the poster boy of the league, the most talented player to act like that and to display poor sportsmanship. Now, it's one thing to get upset, throw your helmet on the sideline, break some shit, drop some F-bombs, but at the middle, at midfield, like you said, shake hands with him, say, good game, bro, and afterward, you know, there should be a huge, there should be a fine forthcoming to Mahomes, maybe to read to the Chiefs oh, yeah. organization. Like, and and I'll say this, because uh, we have plenty of time to preview the game later this week. 
Um, I already thought the Pats had a chance to stick around with the Chiefs this weekend. I don't know what the uh, you know what? Let's take a look right now as we wrap up the podcast. I think it's Let's ten see. and a half. Get out of here. I believe I saw an initial number. Okay, I'm looking right now. It is down currently right now. It is nine and a half, Andy. Okay, so nine. I am going to, yep. Money line bet is minus 450 on the Chiefs. The spread is nine and a half. The over under 37 and a half. I'll tell you straight up right now. I think the Pats cover that one easy. Um, It's definitely plausible. I think the way their Mm -hmm. defense is playing combined with the way the Chiefs offense (laughs) is playing. Anything is plausible. No, I I definitely think it's possible. And now I also think it's possible that the Chiefs Patrick Mahomes comes in with the world Reve- against him. and We're going to go like, on a revenge tour. I, I actually think that's possible. I think there's a chance that they, they, I, they beat All him I'm going to say is now the NFL should be sorry that they flexed this game out. The Patriots, uh-oh. Do they got something with the zapper and a resurgent Belichick wearing the Jolly Roger? Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, they're super pissed. This would have made a more, I think, now Seahawks, Eagles, two teams that have their tails t- and their feathers tucked between their legs, may not be as interesting as Patriots, Chiefs. That's what you get for flexing the Patriots out. But we've got plenty of time this week. We'll have our preview. We'll have our bet. We'll be back on Wednesday with a mailbag to answer your questions. This has been a long, supersized, extended six rings and football things. We hope you guys enjoyed our final Pittsburgh and Patriots thoughts, the grades, and, of course, everything that went on this weekend with Army, Navy, the Chiefs, and so much more. Always a pleasure. Andy, I know you've been under the weather. You were probably saving up the energy for this. It probably felt really good to get back and connect to your people. Uh, and talk your sport. Now you can go take a super long nap and recharge your battery for Wednesday. Yep. And when you're back on Rich Keefe's program tomorrow night. Uh, thanks very much for everything, Terp, our producer extraordinaire as always, and ye, the good people, the Foxborough faithful, the Patriots pals who stick with us and have helped make this a growing Patriots community. We love connecting with you on so frequently. For Hart, for Terp, for Fitzy, this has been Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Sign up today at fanduel.com slash six rings to take advantage of their no sweat first bets, same game parlays, and more. We will talk to you soon. We've been brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Good day. God bless. And as always, hey, go Pats. Hi, Bruins fans looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.